Welcome to the Renewed by Truth podcast. Do you struggle with feelings of unworthiness, self-doubt, or just feeling like you are not enough? Do you want to make more of an impact for God's kingdom, but have beliefs that hold you back? Trust me, I have been there. If you are plugging in here today, this is not another self-help podcast, but one steeped in biblical truth. I will help you overcome limiting beliefs, find your true identity in Christ, and live out your God-given purpose. My name is Candy Creech, and this is the Renewed by Truth podcast. Let's get started. Welcome back, friends, to the Renewed by Truth podcast. I'm your host, Candy Creech, and today we are going to dive into the topic of breaking generational curses. And why this topic? Because I hear this thrown around a whole lot, especially with, I guess it would be what the Gen Z and even the millennial kind of generation. And so I want to dig into it to see what the Bible may have to say on the topic. Are there generational curses and how can you actually break a generational curse? Honestly, it's not as easy as it sounds. So I think there's some steps that I can give you today that's really going to help you on this subject. But before we jump in, I want to remind you about my Facebook group, Renewed by Truth, and it's really about helping women create a life that honors God and everything that you do. We actually have a reading plan that we do every week together in there through the Bible app, and I just think it's a great way to create community and also accountability when studying the Bible. So I go through there a lot of times by questions that people message me about a topic that they want to know about. So I'll kind of search through that in the Bible app and find some things for us to go through together. So just I think it's just a great community for you, and I'm going to be adding more things to that community in the fall and especially next year. So you definitely want to be in there. And remember, if you're in that community already and you're listening to my podcast, you can ask questions in there. You can comment on anything. Like if you have a question about the Bible, I would absolutely love it if you would put it in there so we can discuss that topic. And last thing, this is a shameless plug to ask you to leave me a review on my podcast because every time you leave me a review on each podcast, it's going to help that podcast app, show it more, get it out to more people. And even more than that, I would love it if you would share on your social media and then uh, tag me and I will give you a shout out whether you share on your story on Instagram or on Facebook and send to a friend. So maybe you have some friends today that you are thinking about with this podcast that you know that they have had some curses in their life and they need to know how to break those generational curses so it doesn't go to the next generation. So let's hop right in today. And I want to go back to the Old Testament. I honestly don't know that I read a lot out of the Old Testament on this podcast, but I want to go back to a couple of places, and one is just back to the Ten Commandments, okay? So when God was given Moses the Ten Commandments, it says in Exodus 20, verse 4, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth below or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Okay, so hold that thought. I'm going to explain this. We're going to hop over to Lamentations 
five seven, and it says our ancestors sinned and are no more, and we bear their punishment. Okay, so, okay. So let me stop right there. Let me explain those a little bit. So first of all. I know when I was a young adult, um, maybe even when I was a teenager studying the Bible, I remember coming across these verses in the Old Testament and something I was probably reading one time or in Sunday school and nobody really ever explained it or maybe they didn't know how to explain it. But I thought, you mean there's nothing I can do and the sins of my parents are just going to come up on me and I'm going to be punished and cursed because of that and there's absolutely nothing I can do. So that's what I thought. But this is what I've learned. First of all, Jesus's blood did away with all of that. Like, I'm not going to be held responsible for a parent or grandparent's sin. Like, I'm not going to be held responsible for that because Jesus's blood washed all that away. I'm only responsible for me and the sin that I'm in. Now, what it does mean, though, is when we are in these situations, if we don't we're say we're in a toxic environment growing up maybe we experience abuse what's going to happen is if we don't learn about God and we don't become saved and we don't learn that he has good for us and he has a different way of life for us then we're going to carry that same thing into our family and we're going to repeat that same pattern and I know you've probably even heard the world say that right like you people that grow up with alcoholics they can go one or two ways they can say I'm never going to touch that stuff because it is terrible. It ruined my family. I don't want to go there. Or they're going to be an alcoholic too because they're that's the way they grew up. That's all they knew was that. That is the difference in what that actually means is it just doesn't mean that you're just cursed forever, okay? So I'm going to give you some more steps and go through this in a minute with just, just to show you some things in the New Testament also. But one thing I want us to think about is what are generational curses. It can be simply the curse of divorce. My parents were divorced, so I'm going to be divorced. My dad cheated on my mom, so I'm going to cheat on uh, the woman I'm with, or I'm going to cheat on the man I'm with. They lived together before they got married in sexual immorality, and that's all I know. That's the pattern, so I'm going to do the same thing because I don't know any different. I don't know a better way of life, and it can even be so much as depression, like breaking a generational curse of depression, of poverty, breaking that generational curse of poverty, of abuse, whether it's sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, or it can even be just other things that happen in your childhood that just are in your family that you don't want to repeat that same pattern. Whatever it is, you want to do something different. Depending on how bad that is, it's hard. It's not easy. And like I say, it takes some steps. But I want you to read on your own, and I'll put this in the show notes, Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 68. This is why I'm not reading it. It says in there, it's curses for disobedience. And when it says curses, I don't want you to get that confused in your mind to for today as like, oh my gosh, God is cursing me. No, he's saying if you keep following this and you keep following the way of the world, these things are going to happen to you. If you follow me, that's what he kept trying to tell the Israelites. If you will follow me, I can teach you what's right and what's wrong and good things. But you're following the way of the world. These are all the bad things. So 
It's the curses of the bad things. It says, however, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I'm giving to you today, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you because he knew he created them. He created us. He's the creator of the world. But there was this way in the world and this culture of all of this demonic stuff and all of this worship of idols and all these things that God said, look, I created everything. I know I'm going to teach you how to take care of yourself. I'm going to teach you what to eat, how to how to eat, what to eat and be healthy, what you need to stay away from, how you need to wash your body. Like, oh, he taught them all these things and says, I'm going to I am your father. I am going to teach you these things. And so that's what we have to remember. So if you start reading this, it's a little bit crazy. Okay, it says the Lord's going to strike you with wasting disease, with fever and inflammation, with scorching heat and drought, with blight and mildew. It says the fruit of your womb will be cursed and the crops of your land and the calves of your herd and the lambs of your flocks. I mean, it's it's a little crazy, but that's what I love about the Bible is it's super interesting. So I would go back and read Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 68 and look at the evidence of those curses. And I want you to think as you're reading that, maybe some of these curses happened in my family growing up. Like, how can I not repeat the same pattern is really what we're after today. So how can we break those? So I want to flip over to Hebrew and read if I can find Hebrew. I always mark these before I get on here so I don't have to like stop recording and start again and all that. And I still have trouble finding them. So Hebrews 9.22, it says, In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So when you think about a generational curse that was put on you by your family, like the things that happened growing up, that was, you have their blood. That was through their blood, right? They're like a blood relative. But when Jesus came, he also shed his blood. So that's why that curse is gone. When you accept Christ as your Savior, then that blood that was shed for you washed away all of those curses. So you have a chance. It still takes surrendering to God, but you have a chance to break that generational curse. It's just not an automatic thing. So I want you to understand that. I hope I'm not confusing you. You can always send me a message if I am, and you know we can talk through it. I want to just give you some practical steps here. For number one, the first thing that you have to do to break generational curses, you cannot do it without God. I mean, what are you going to find if you don't have God and you're saying, I'm not going to do the same thing my parents did. I'm going to do something different. No, you're not. You're going to do the same thing the world is doing. So if you have not accepted Jesus into your life, if you have not surrendered your life to him, you are going to repeat that same pattern over and over again. So it has to start with that shedding of Jesus's blood and you accepting that and you believing in Jesus and that he died on the cross for your sins and that he rose again and you repent of those sins. That means you turn away from them and you surrender your life to God to where you're doing what God wants you to do and not what you want to do or what you think is right. I mean, that that's the difference. So that's the first thing. Like, you just have to believe and surrender. And if you're wondering more about salvation, I do have some things on my website. You can pop over there, renewedbytruth.com. It's found in the show notes. And there's some free resources. But I'm also going to be doing a podcast series on salvation, what it is, how to know that you're saved, like you're the assurance of your salvation. So it'll be more than one part. So I do have that coming. 
coming up. So stay tuned if you need more information. But even more than that, if you're like, I just, when you talk about salvation, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know if I'm saved. Please reach out to me. <laughs> like, just message me because I would love to have that conversation with you. I don't want you wondering. Okay? Step one is salvation. And I know a lot of you listening are like, okay, I'm there. Yes, I'm saved. I get that part. Now what? Okay. Step two is you've got to get in the Word because you have been taught some toxic things. You may be led to believe some toxic things about yourself because somebody may have abused you physically, mentally, spiritually, sexually, and you're like, this is what I believe about myself now. This is, I'm just a bad person now. I can't change these things that's happened to me. And that is not true. So you have to get in the word and you have to see that God intends good for you. You know, we are sinful people and sinful people do sinful things and they hurt others, but that's not who God is. So you have to understand that God loves you. And one of my favorite, favorite verses like go to is John 10, 10, because it says the thief, which is Satan, he comes to steal, kill and destroy. And sometimes he does that through people. He does that by the things that people do and everything. He's stealing, he's killing, and he's destroying. And maybe you have felt destroyed by things that have happened in your life. Maybe that's the way you feel. Like everything about your innocence has been stolen. Everything about your life has been stolen, and you absolutely feel destroyed. But there's hope. Because after that, it says, but he came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. And like I read all the NIV most of the time, um, and it says like to the full or to the fullest. I love the word abundantly, and I, that's probably all the King James Version. But because when it talks about your life, he come to give you life. It means that he came not to just give you eternal life. So when you die, you go to heaven. He came to give you a fulfilling big, huge, joyful, peaceful, amazing life that begins the moment you accept him. And even in struggle, he's still fulfilling you and giving you this amazing life. That's what God wants for you. In Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. I mean, you don't have to worry about everything else if you're seeking him. But if we don't know that about God, because we're not in the word, this is where we have a relationship with him. This is how we learn about who God is. He already knows us, but we have to know who he is. It's kind of like having a one-sided relationship. You know, somebody that you text and they never text you back. Get in the word because you're going to learn what God says about you. And you're going to start learning those truths that he wants you to learn, okay? So step one is believe and surrender. Step two is get in the word. And I would say step three, because I feel like you have to do these two things first to get some courage up to do step three. Step three is get rid of the toxic people. This is a hard one to talk about sometimes because there's toxic people in your life and God says we forgive and, and all those things. And we do. Okay, we do forgive, but you cannot move forward and break those generational curses if you're moving to follow God and they're staying in that. They're staying in the world. They're still toxic. They're still hurting people. They don't want to change. They don't like the idea of you changing, so they're going to make it really difficult for you. And that's what I say when I mean toxic people. Now, I see people cut others out of their life just over some disagreements where the intentions aren't as harmful but um, both need some spiritual growth. So I'd say, you know, really seek prayer and discernment in this area. And if it's a person that you feel like doesn't at this moment doesn't have the best for you, 
but they are a Christian and they may come, they may grow in Christ and change the way they are, then I would say that's where you need to create boundaries. Like they're still in your life, but you need to create some boundaries. But I want to tell you, it is okay to completely cut off toxic people from your life. It does not mean you don't love them and it does not mean that you don't forgive them. Because I would highly suggest forgiveness, even when it's hard. Because if and and I did a podcast on bitterness recently. If you didn't listen to that, because it just hurts you when you don't forgive. But it doesn't mean you have to have them in your life. So I want to just read one verse for you out of the New Testament. It's out of Ephesians five eight through eleven. But besides reading, I'm just going to read this verse to you. But if you will get in Proverbs. It has a ton of wisdom on people and what they do and what you should do. And it talks about hanging out with these kind of people is only going to lead to this. And it talk I mean, it is the book of wisdom. So if you have not read Proverbs more than one time, I would highly suggest that you read it. So Ephesians 5, 8 through 11, it says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light of the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So it's talking about fruitless deeds of darkness. That's what those toxic people are. They're not producing any fruit of the Spirit, and they're in darkness, And there's no reason for you to hang out with them because you are not supposed to be in darkness. So I would say that's where you have to set up either get get rid of them completely, have nothing to do with them or set some boundaries. So that is very, very important. And I think this is one of the things that I see the most of with people who become Christians in their adult life. And they really grew up in a toxic environment. And it's hard to get out of an an environment unless you remove yourself from that environment. Like you have to remove yourself and you have to surround yourself with godly people. It's really, really important. I see people surrounding themselves with a few godly people, but they're still in that environment, which creates that mindset around abuse or poverty or depression or whatever it is. You you just kind of continue in that. Okay. So number three is get rid of the toxic people. Number four, seek professional help. I strongly suggest professional help because God gave Christian counselors the wisdom of tools, right? I mean, God created tools for them. And of course, the word of God and that they're standing on that truth. So I highly suggest good. (laughs) And they're not all good. Sometimes you have to try and try again to find one. But seek professional help, good Christian counselors, depending on what you went through, somebody that can really speak to whatever went on in your life and to help you to break those generational curses, to help you overcome that and realize that there is hope in overcoming that and you're not stuck in that. And then step five is get a godly mentor. So 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you're doing. So find you a body of believers, find you a godly mentor in that body of believers. In Titus 2, it talks about that the older women are supposed to help the younger women. They're supposed to teach them things. Find you that older woman, that older godly woman. And let me, this is what I'm going to say about that. Pray for it. 
Because you may be like, well, where do I go find this person, right? Pray and God will send that person, but you have to be seeking them and you need to be in a body of believers. That means you need to be in an organized church. You need to be in a body of believers. I hear a lot of people talk about that they don't go to church because it's hard to find one. There are godly churches out there and he will provide you one in your area if you will pray and pray and pray for that. That church is not going to be perfect. People are not going to be perfect as long as that church is preaching the truth. God given gospel, then I think you might be able to find a place there. So it's really going to be hard for you to grow and find that godly mentor if you're not in with a body of believers. So, you know, we have social media now and we can connect through Zoom and and meet a lot of people on Instagram and Facebook. And it's really amazing, but it cannot replace that in-person person. Okay, that is something that's really going to help you where they can really speak directly into your life and show you when you're doing something because it's just a habit of something that you learn and you think this is a normal thing and this is okay for that person to say, stop, that is not normal. (laughs) That is from what you've learned. That is a generational curse. You want to break that. Then these are the things that you need to stop doing and this is where you need to create a boundary. Okay, so that's what that godly mentor is going to help. So to recap, number one, believe and surrender. Number two, get in the word. Number three, get rid of the toxic people. Number four, seek professional help. And number five, get a godly mentor. So I think if you do these things and you just have to continually work on these things day after day after day, and you have to do what I talk a lot about on here, which is renew your mind with truth, right? Be transformed. That's what the Bible says in Romans 12 too. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you're going to know what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. I love that verse because it's a continual process that absolutely never stops. So that's something that you want to continue to do over and over again. If you struggle with studying the Bible and you're like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. In my Facebook group, I have a little workbook on the Gospel of John. And I have a couple of videos like teaching you how to kind of study on your own if you don't know how to do that at all. And then I have a video on each chapter and I go through it with you. And it's simple and it's not where you take that book and you study it and you're hearing what everybody else says about it, like you're reading all this stuff. What that will do, first of all, the Gospel of John is all about Jesus and what he did for you. And so I think studying that, you know, I think that's going to be huge for you. But I think you can take what I teach you in there and apply it to all the other books of the Bible and really dig in and study that and get things out of it. And learning about the Bible is that lifelong process. And sometimes when we start studying, I know for me, when I start studying, I figure out all the things I don't know. (laughs) More than the things like, oh, I know a lot about the Bible. I never think that. I always think, oh, I know nothing about the Bible. I went down a huge rabbit hole this morning on Genesis chapter one. I mean, how many times have I read that? Went down this whole rabbit hole that was really deep. (laughs) Just learned so many new things around Genesis chapter one that I just, I just did not know about. It's so cool. So you're, it's just a lifelong learning and you're always learning. And when you get in the word and you start understanding 
more of what God did for you and you want to grow closer to him, then you're going to have this hunger for his word. And it doesn't matter. Let me just say this, because I have a passion for people studying the Bible. Like that's my biggest passion. It, It doesn't matter if you're not a studious person or you don't like to read. Okay. Because when you're when you have Jesus inside of you, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you to help you. So I don't want you to think like, oh, that's homework. It's not homework. It is you. It's living and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you to help you get through that. And God's going to meet you where you are. I don't know as much about the Bible as others. Maybe I don't study as deep. I have a hard time remembering things. And if it has to do with history, like I really have a hard time remembering it. God's going to meet you where you are for what you need. So you don't have to worry about that. That's all I'm going to say on that. Thank you guys for listening today. I hope this helps you. Be sure and leave me a review and I'll see you guys next week.